And of course, it was um, such a fabulous story for the airport to tell and for the design studio to tell and for the world to want to hear about because everybody loves breasts and is very curious about breastfeeding. So <laughs> I am so going to make that the intro to the pre-roll for this. Everyone loves breasts. That's exactly it. <laughs> Episode 134. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. Are you tired of hearing how powerful LinkedIn is but have no idea and maybe not even that much desire to learn how to make it work for you? then you have got to get LinkedIn Focus. LinkedIn Focus is a powerful program that will give you the exact strategies needed to produce results for your business. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Now let's get into it. We have a dynamic duo today on the show Sasha Mayer and Christine Dodson, who are the founders of Mamava. These are beautiful, state-of-the-art lactation stations that allow women who are on the go an opportunity and a private space to be able to breastfeed their baby or uh, pump. Their very first Mamava station was debuted at the Burlington International Airport in Vermont and has been a huge success and it's been growing since then. This conversation with Sasha and Christine is really a great case study on what it's like to be really in the still the startup phases of a company, a product-based company, and they talk very candidly about some of the major challenges that they've had. Now, one of the most unique components of their entire business is that their jobs where they have worked for many, many years um, actually is incubating their business. And we're going to go really detailed into that. It is what I consider a very unique win-win situation if you have a business idea and you don't really want the option of starting the business outside of your work on after hours and then, you know, play the whole game of let me get that business going so it can replace my income. This was just a whole unique approach to actually um, giving the the business and the idea an environment it, where it could really thrive that I thought was great. So they still have their full-time jobs and are building their Mamava company underneath that umbrella. It's fascinating. So let's get rolling. Sasha, Christine, thank you guys so much for being on the show with me in two different locations, by the way. Love technology. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for having us. So um, I am so excited to be able to tell your story and to give you guys an opportunity to to share about your business journey because it's just a really fascinating one. Um, Mamava is just such a cool company, such a cool concept, and I think every single woman who has either been a mother or has babysat in some way, shape, or form or knows a mother can identify with what you guys are doing. So before we actually talk about your business, can you give us a little bit of a background? Sasha, I want to start with you um, as to what you were doing right before you really started this business. So uh, the background story is actually that Christine and I have worked for a design studio for 
all together probably 35 years or so on and off for the for this period of time a time in which we had kids and um, we were doing work for um, a bunch of other great brands that we love to work with but at a certain point we said hey let's try to develop our own brands let's think about cause orientation and see if we can do this business soup to nuts versus just sort of at, at the uh, the strategy and design side of things. What kind so, of things were you guys designing? So, and and, and actually, Christine and I, um, Mama Va is still incubated within this design studio. So Christine mm-hmm. and I have two jobs, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, so we are based in Burlington, Vermont, and we uh, grew up with Burton Snowboards. So um, snowboards, graphics, and communications. We've done a lot in the outdoor industry. Um, some of our clients now are include Lululemon, mm-hmm. um, uh, Goo, which is like a nutritional for outdoor yeah. or for fitness. Yep, yep. Um, and we actually do a lot also in sort of the environmental recycling side of things. So f- sort of Vermonty types of businesses that also have strong causes. Right. Um, so we had really great experience, um, myself on the strategy side and Christine on um, m- managerial business development, account management. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So at some point you were like, okay, th- we have these skill sets and we've been doing this design and this business development and, and strategy for these companies and their stuff. We could do something for our stuff. So Christine, why don't you talk a little bit about the impetus that really got this going for you? What did, what did the very beginning of this really look like? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was definitely a combination of us recognizing along with the founders of our company that there was opportunity to start a business within the business. And um, one of the reasons that this idea actually rose to the top because we were considering other um, possible products and um, places to focus energy. But um, Sasha and I both had children early in our careers and having to do the jobs that we did traveling and um, having to pump while we, when we went back to work, first of all, just that act of doing it. But then when you're traveling, it was even more difficult to maintain that. So that was where we both were recognizing a need and um, understanding that if there was a place, a comfortable, clean place to do that, that that could make a lot of women's lives easier. So that really was the start of, you know, the the seed of the idea started when we were both doing it ourselves. But over time with the change in legislation and now, you know, there's definitely a lot of focus on this issue. um, And we're both coming out of those years of having super needy kids. Right. <laughs> my, my oldest is 15 and my youngest is 12 now. So, and Sasha's are just a little bit younger, but we had the time and energy to put towards it. So, so take just a second to just do an overview description of exactly what Mamava is. Talk about your, your big product and then talk a little bit about your actual business model. Mm-hmm. you Take it, Christine. You want me to? Uh, go ahead, Sasha. You could. This is uh, this is one of the technical challenges of having <laughs> you guys in two different spots. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
what Mamava is a lactation suite and it is a freestanding unit um, that is semi-portable. It comes actually on casters that then are stabilized by footers. So um, in a an environment like an airport or a mall or an office where maybe they didn't build in a lactation room or um, they have the need that might be moving around, it is sort of a freestanding um, little room. And actually, it's quite spacious. It is uh, shaped sort of like a, a droplet with a, with a flat front. And um, a mom can go in there and use her breast pump or if she's um, with a baby and wants privacy to nurse in private, it's been um, designed with um, food preparation in mind versus, let's say, um, like the where we were pumping, which was um, when we were on the road, which was bathrooms. Right, so right. it's like really trying to separate the um, <laughs> the bathroom function from the cooking or food function, gotcha. food prep function. And so inside is built um, with Corian, which is like safe for food prep, very seamless, very minimalist, very zen lighting. And the concave nature of it kind of makes it um, feel like a bigger space than um, than it actually is. Um, just a really serene environment, which is important, obviously, for letdown, either if you're using a breast pump or if you are with your baby. And um, a nice relaxing place where maybe a distracted baby will be able to kind of get down to business, especially <laughs> in hectic environments like airports in particular. Oh, I love that. So what fascinates me so much about, you know, the start of this company is that it, you mentioned this before, Christine, is that it's it's a business within a business. I mean, you guys are, have been working for this company and this was just a, kind of an idea that you guys were tossing around and the company, the, the kind of large company that you work for has said, okay, we love this idea. We will sort of incubate this company in-house. Can you talk a little bit about the logistics of how that works. Like, did you guys have like a contract on, okay, this is our intellectual property. What, like what kind of funding is going to that? What are those logistics? Because I, I, that is a very rare occurrence. Like so yeah. many people would think, oh, I got to go do this on the side in the after hours and then eventually build it up big enough so I can now quit this job and go and do this full time. So why did you guys decide to do it this way? And how did that opportunity present itself? And how has that actually like logistically happened? Mm -hmm. I just uh, for starters, it is very much in alignment with what we do. This uh, it, it's a problem that design solved, and that is a huge part of why we kept these two entities connected because that, you know, in it, at its essence, we work for a strategic brand design firm, and, and we use, you know, primarily graphic design in, in that company to solve problems, and this was an opportunity to apply that to an environment. And so it, there is a level of expertise that um, the studio brings to this business, not to mention the, the graphic side of it. So, you know, everything about the Mamava has been designed by Solidarity, which is Solidarity of Unbridled Labor is the name of the design studio. So, so it, it's a very synergistic relationship because... For us as a design studio, we can talk about this business, Mamova, and that we created it, and it's a very compelling story for our clients, so we have it in our portfolio, 
And um, on the flip side of it for Mamava, again, we get um, the design services of the studio as well as the the financial support at the moment. Um, however, what we did was separate the two companies. So Mamava is a it, its own business. It is incorporated, and we are um, going out for funding now um, that will be specific for Mamava. Gotcha. So really kind of like an incubation stage. The right. company that you work for has been like the the major investor in this company, shall we say, and really right. has, has given the financial and, you know, personnel resources to be able yes. to really work it. But you guys are the co-creators of it, and it's internally sort of living there um, under the larger company's umbrella right now. Yes. Yeah. And, and they we do have, the, I'm sorry, the owners have um, part ownership in Mamava as well. Okay. Very so, nice. Yeah. I just, and it's and we've been and basically it's been amazing because we can tap into all those resources. Um, I mean, it's double sided, but tap into all those amazing resources that the the studio could provide to us. Unlike you know many many startups, um, both as far as design, but as well as in terms of networking. Right. So we have some relationships like with Seventh Generation, the Natural Households and Baby. Uh, uh, brand and which has definitely benefited, um, or it's about to benefit even more, Mama Va. Um, but on the other side of it, we've had essentially two jobs, um, right. and there have there has been tension around. Okay, as a startup, you know we are, you know, not paying for ourselves yet. Like, right. <laughs> we're sort of we're just sort of you know maintaining and the the sometimes the cl- the clients outside of mama va need to come first so um there's there's two sides to it well i just love that you bring light to the fact that that's even an option because that it, it's not a normal case and what i see there is a total like let's create a win win outside of the box solution that's mm-hmm. going to be a win win for everyone it's you know everyone is going to benefit from this and you'll figure out the way that it can really work best and um and let's be honest i mean if you had decided to be hush hush about it and start it on the side you'd still be working two jobs <laughs> exactly. and, and you wouldn't have the funding so you know yeah. like it just it it was it's brilliant i I saw that right away. I was like, that is just the coolest idea. So um, so let's move on from there. To, I, I would like to know, because with any like physical product that's brand new to the market, there definitely has to go into it a lot of like market research. What is this design going to look like? What what do people really want? And especially with something like what, what Mamava is, which is really new to the market. I mean, it's it's something completely different. Um, talk a little bit about what you guys did to actually prepare and to get, you know, get a, a prototype going to really get it moving. Yeah, Christine, I can take that one. Just sure. I, I was deeply involved in the early <laughs> side. So one of the uh, the mantras, you know, in the design world is fail fast, fail cheap. Yep. And we certainly did a bit of that. Um, as far as research, it was, you know, our own experiences it was um, focus groups with moms. It was, you know, your, your survey monkeys with moms understanding what their priorities were. Um, and then we did do a number of, you know, cardboard prototypes, plywood pr- prototypes. And then we connected with a man named David Jacks, who is a great design engineer who works in the kiosk and kiosk industry like doing trade shows and point of sale and eventually gave him our brief 
And he's the one who really realized it as you see it now with those kind of perfect dimensions. He's hit a sweet spot. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, there was a few iterations that were like, hmm, could be a porta potty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> not so, the thought you want to come into no, your ex- mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly the opposite. But, you know, luckily didn't have to, uh, you know, invest a ton there. Um, and, um, we also had, uh, a friend, this is a little, a friend, um, in that we, Burlington and Vermont itself is very small. Everybody knows each other. We knew the director of the Burlington airport and he had this problem. He was a friend of the studio and he kind of knew what we were working on. And he said, I will give you the location, you know, kind of untested, you know, regardless of, of sort of any implications that would be around sponsorship or he didn't care how we got it in there. I'll give you the space if you can solve this problem. So then when we had a destination for it, and that was a, that, that was massive, you know, like so hard in many places to work through the bureaucracy of the municipalities and so on. But once we had a destination and we had the design, we were like, all right, we're going to do it. And of course it was, um, such a fabulous story for the airport to tell and for the design studio to tell and for the world to want to hear about because everybody loves breasts and is very curious about breastfeeding. So <laughs> I am so going to make that the intro to the pre-roll for this. Everyone loves breasts. That's exactly it. <laughs> the other interesting side of that is, and Sasha said the airport had a need in Burlington probably, what, Sasha, six years ago or something? Yeah, even more. Not that long ago. A yeah. woman got kicked off of a flight. So this had nothing to do with Burlington Airport. The you know the flight happened to be there. I think it was a Delta flight, but she got kicked off for breastfeeding. What? Are so you there was me? crazy negative press around that, as you can imagine. Right. And so that kind of sentiment. We he was very happy to do something positive as it relates to nursing moms. So, I mean, this really brings me to the point that the three of us were talking about before we started the interview, which is I would love to know the public perception of this because this is sort of a thing where like you lots of people love it and a lot of other people turn their turn their head away from it and don't want to see any of it. So what what has been your experience going like being public with this and, and getting getting this out there? Um, I, I'll answer first, Sasha, yeah. if you don't mind. Uh-huh. I think one of the, the interesting things that we've learned, uh, and we learned pretty quickly on the sales side, is there's the end user. Obviously, it's, it's the mom, but you're not selling to the mom. You're selling to a generally a male facilities person or a, you know, a COO or a CEO who's trying to make a decision for whatever that environment is, whether it's a private company or an airport or so, so telling the story in a way that appeals to that primary um, audience, which is again, that generally male um, facilities person is a very different approach than what you would be talking to a mom about and the benefits of, of this suite to a mom. So it's, we had to make that shift early on and, and understand that and, and craft a story that's, you know, what's in it for them. And it's basically you, it's a mandate. So that's part of that makes it a little easier because in this, especially when you're talking to someone in HR, so companies over 50 employees have to provide a room, a space that's not the bathroom and time a break for women to nurse or pump. 
Um, so there's that angle, but yeah, I, how else are you, how else are you selling it besides like, Hey, you're legally obligated to do this. (laughs) I mean, what's your other tactic? When we talk to people who get it, it's not a hard sell. Right. Because, you know, there's, there are many companies out there, male and female run that want to do the right thing. So it is, you know, that's always what we go in with is (laughs) here's an opportunity to do something good for, humanity it's not just a woman's issue it's good for humankind to do this and um to to have babies be able to breastfeed as long as possible so um so that's the angle that we go in with but we also know the reality it comes down to it's an investment and what what is the return on that investment and now a little word from our awesome sponsor If you're tired of your spend and hope marketing strategy, why not give proven to succeed a try? Postcard Mania specializes in direct mail and postcard marketing and delivers winning campaigns using a combination of proven industry results and groundbreaking direct mail technology like Direct Mail 2.0. They partner with Google to track and follow up with people that visit your website after receiving your mailing. And they do personalized postcards, which is, by the way, how they got started and how they got their name, Postcard Mania. When you set up a campaign with Postcard Mania, they dig into their database of proven results to find out what is working for businesses like yours. And guess what? They've worked with over 64,000 businesses, and the results speak for themselves. Like, for example, a Maryland dentist who tripled his patients by switching to direct mail 2.0 or the accountant from California who made $60,000 off of one single mailing. The results speak for themselves. Use Postcard Mania for all of your marketing needs. Sign up for your free consultation today. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. Well, so that leads me to the question of what is your actual cost um, to to make this because I mean we're talking to, this is not a small you know thing I mean that you're this is a big item that you are engineering all the time what is your cost to doing that and then what what is your like retail cost for it and and how are you actually like starting to put that out there well our cost to make it is really bouncing around right now <laughs> yeah and that's a whole nother story um, but, and we are trying to get to that sweet spot of where it, it really can, you know, be a business based on just item sales. Probably the, the strategy and the strategy that we are working on is, is the sponsorship model where, um, we can place these, they're sponsored, not unlike any other kind of out of home media. And, um, they, you know, they pay for themselves for the facility and um, they can revenue generate revenue for Mama Va, then that Mama Va can do placements at places where we can't sell it as sponsorship at a, you know, a very affordable price. You know, there's airports which, you know, we provide this amenity, but also a really lovely impression with a highly targeted audience and or just people walking by who see a unique um a unique new thing and, and, and there's a lot of value to those eyeballs, but then we also want to be supporting, you know, the schools, the WIC offices, the places that are out of the way. And right now the, the product is probably too expensive for many of those. So right now the price is around $11,000. Mm-hmm. So that's and, what they're, that's what would be their cost for it to be able to, um, to bring yes. one on. 
Yep. Yep. And it's, it's really, you know, um, costs us a lot. <laughs> yeah. But we understand that our chief competition is the establishing a lactation space, you know, so calling, you know, you know, Phil, my cousin Phil, and putting up a drywall and so on. So we have to come and be, you know, much easier, much less mess, much less downtime, um, and still uh, affordable for the companies that are um, purchasing us. But we just are starting, you know, the one at the airport in Burlington is a sponsored one. So the airport didn't pay anything for it. And we're doing that more and more with public locations. Um, but that's, you know, a complicated business putting those deals together. Right, and, right. And it's a sort of kind of a whole nother business. We're in the product business and then we're in like the, you know, media business as well. Yeah, yeah it's ad space, you know, it's yeah. like it's yes. visibility. How many eyes are gonna be looking at this? Yeah, stuff? and it's and it's and it's also new the newness of it is like, wait, I know what a billboard was. It would be really interesting to know like what what effective ways are you guys actually marketing? Like how actually who are you going after? Like who's your number one target audience and how are you going after them effectively? Mm-hmm. Well, that we struggled with that a little bit um, because there's too many markets, really. I mean, their moms are everywhere, and um, we did have the success we had at Burlington Airport to start with. So that is an area that we decided to put some effort and focus on. Um, so airports um, certainly are a main target for us right now, but we are also finding um, public venues like um, the Port Authority is another um, organization that we're going after right now. And so a lot of municipalities are the ones that own um, trade show venues. So that's, uh, for us, again, our own experience going to trade shows are huge complexes. And generally, if they have a lactation room, it's miles away. So um, so just, uh, having, that's another area that we, we see a need for, but I think it's endless, you know, malls, we, we have a test going right now in this, one of the Simon properties, mm-hmm. um, one of their malls and they've got 400 malls across the country. Wow. So, yeah. And again, that's probably more about nursing, um, in it versus pumping, but, but that's fine and great. I mean, it's an amenity that they're providing their guests. Right. What would you guys say? And I'm going to ask book, I'm going to ask this question to each of you and ask for an answer answer from each of you. What is one of the biggest challenges that you've had in getting this thing going and really blowing it up the way that you want to do? Sasha, I'll ask you first. Oh, I was hoping you'd ask Christine. Um, <laughs> uh, you know the number one answer on that, Sasha. I don't... <laughs> no, what would you... I'm sorry? It's green. Oh, money. Well, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of funding, right? Yeah. So but, how, does yeah. You, how does your funding work right now? So in the sense of like, you don't feel like obviously there's there's not enough. So where what, what challenge does that present to you? Well, um, to be clear, the sort of funding that, and that's part of why Christine and I own it, the sort of money that was needed to, that was going outside the studio to, you know, build prototypes outside of our shop and and that sort of thing had to be um, bootstrapped by us and also some by the other partners, but it was money that wasn't sort of part of the solidarity design business. So um, that was a challenge and we have the desire to hold on to as much of this concept as possible and have learned a few lessons along the way which we you know 
escape by the skin of our teeth um, to not give away. (laughs) Explain that one. There's a story there. There's a story there. (laughs) Um, Manufacturing partner who was going to go into business with us, so be 50% owner, or not that much, actually it was less than 50. Um, But long story short, they ended up um, going out of business. The owner um, went to jail for what? Uh, yeah. So it's an ugly story. But so thank God we didn't go that road down that road. But um, it also made us realize that we probably weren't aligned with them anyway when it came to what the goals and the mission of the company were. They, they were really about they were just very different than we are. And I think it was a good lesson that we almost went there, but it didn't happen. So we were, we're now making sure whoever we partner up with has this, has, um, alignment around the vision. And, um, even if that means we don't get as much money as we could, that's not what's important. We need to do this for the reasons that we started it. Right. Exactly. And I think, the um it was just the background of that was just a massive setback because they were um we were sort of aligning with them to be both a manufacturer and uh, do some of the sales and um you know finding a new manufacturer for something that's never been built before set us back a couple months right we Mm -hmm. were lucky we put stuff sort of on ice and 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 then when we were ready to re-engage found the right partner and get rolling again um, it was, it was, it, it, were, it was in, in the end, it was better, <laughs> but for a while there, it was, it was, you know, should we, should we press on? Wow. And I think that's the difference between, you know, sort of the entrep- entrepreneurial nature is like, go forward, you know, I understand there's ups and downs, but you have to have that willingness to sort of like, all right, we believe in this so much that we are going to pursue it. We're going to, no matter what happens. Right. But How? on the finance, I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Going to continue to answer the original question you asked. I think on the biggest uh, need is money right now, um, mainly because if we could build inventory yeah. and, and have that the quantities go up, because right, each one we make now is basically a prototype. I mean, it's costing us like a prototype would. If they're one offs. But if we can get our numbers up to a level where we can start having our manufacturers source materials that would be less, ex- not quality, less expensive, but just because of quantity. So there's, um, you know, several ways we can bring the cost of this down, but it all goes back to getting the quantities up. And we could make that investment in inventory, even if we don't have the sales right away, because the other side of it is, if we went to say, you know, one of the airports in California now that there's legislation that airports have to have a lactation room um, at every um, is it every gate, Sasha, or is it every um, every terminal post terminal. security for the big airports, so the ten biggies in right. in California. So we know they're looking for solutions. And if we went to them and said, you know, we've got 15 of these, we will give them to you. And then we will bring a media partner. They there, you can't say no to that. Right. So it's so, but we aren't in a position to do that because we don't have the inventory. And so it's like the chicken or the egg. Right. If they're out there, people, the media side of it, 
getting advertisers is not an issue, but we can't get advertisers until they're in the market. <laughs> so, so you just keep on hustling on and figure yeah. out a way to, to do it. Yes. I'm thinking Shark Tank right now. That's all that's going on in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so many Just people have told that. us about I know. Shark Tank. Well, I have had so <laughs> many women on this show who have been on Shark Tank. And that many of them have been at that exact point, right? Mm. Right where you're talking about, which it was mm-hmm. like, uh, like something had to give. And I, di- I couldn't make it happen in whatever way. But I was determined to make it happen. Or The Prophet. I'm a huge Prophet fan. So, um, you know, like definitely having Marcus Lemonis coming into your business and, you know, expanding it. That would be great. Right. <laughs> Can you arrange oh. that? Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, so I, I really, uh, one of the last questions I really want to ask you is um, how, wh- how are you guys making this work with two jobs, essentially, and kids and husband and a personal life? I know maybe you haven't heard that, wor- that term in a while, but, <laughs> you know, like how truly how, what are your um, strategies for making this work in your life at this point of the business. <laughs> Do you want me to go, Christine? Yes. Um, I sort of um, accept the seamlessness between home life and work life, and my family does too. And I have brought my family into the, particularly the Mama Va business in terms of the mission that we're driving toward and they get it. And I love having these little activated kids who are like, can I have your business card? I'm going to bring my, your business card to school, mommy. And <laughs> like making posters and kind of pitching ideas. And because um, they know my laptop is always on. It's always on my, uh, you know, on my lap while I'm like, you know, reading to them and, you know, cooking dinner and I'm answering emails and I just have accepted it like don't fight it at this part and you know with my husband as well it's like we are like looking to the long road and also like when you have a strong mission it just drives you you know Mm -hmm. we're trying to um really make a difference and um that's 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 super motivating um and you know the one thing that I do I mean I don't I mean I don't belong to a health club or 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 anything I like find time and like things I can do outside my door like go for walks go cross-country skiing um and and you know do the stuff at home with the kids cooking and 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 engaging them on on as I said the business side and sort of the stuff that we're 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 doing at home as a family right how about you Christine um For me, I think part of it is just finding more hours in the day. So I'm not a morning person, but now I get up early, like 5, 5.30 a lot of days. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, just getting time, quiet time and focus time is super helpful in both of these jobs. So in my job as managing director of solidarity, but also at with Mamava and catching up on emails and everything. So that was a shift. Um, And then... You know, like Sasha, I think one of the reasons uh, we chose to live in Burlington is the easy access and seamlessness between home and work. So I live, you know, not even two miles from the office. My kids can walk from their school to my office. Uh, My husband works a half a mile from my office. So it's, there's a lot of, it's easy. We've made it easier than I think had I had a commute or, um, so, you know, they let me, 
stay at work late. My husband cooks and then I come home and eat dinner and sometimes I'm back on the computer. And I think, you know, I, I realize there are times where I just need to shut it off. But for the most part, um, my family makes it easy. It's right. I feel like I'm very fortunate that way. That's wonderful. Well, I want to go ahead and transition into the final component of this conversation, which is our favorite five. So I'm going to ask you the uh, just random five questions. And if you guys can give like the quickest first thing that comes to your mind answer of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Christine, I'm going to start with you. What is your favorite book? Well, I'm going to go with most recent. I recently read Lean In, and it was a very motivating book for me around just being in business, but in the mom of a business in particular, because it is, it's about women, and it's, so yeah, that was not, I wouldn't say my all-time favorite, but a recent favorite. Very nice. Awesome. Sasha, how about you? Um, Christine knows the answer. Like I'm a big fan of this, um, brand strategist named Marty Newmeyer, and he's wrote a number of books, books. Um, one's called the brand gap. One's called zag and they're, you know, brand strategy books, but they're like sort of air airline flight length. So for your short attention span, and there's a lot of really great exercises that entrepreneurs could tap into there. So I'd highly, I'd, I'd highly recommend zag by Marty Newmeyer. Nice. Um, all right. How about your favorite mommy tool, Christine? <laughs> Any, anything that makes your life easier as a mommy, an app, a technology, some a piece of something, I don't know, anything. <laughs> uh, my husband. <laughs> I know that's really weird. But <laughs> Man, he gets lots of kudos. He cooks. He's a mommy tool. Very nice. He's a great, great mommy daddy. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, with the hours that I sometimes have to keep, I couldn't do it without him. And it, it just keeps our home life much more sane and balanced. Love it. Sasha, how about you? Um, well, now you're making me look bad. <laughs> no, Let's just assume it's your husband too, but on top of that. Okay. It's my husband too. And by the way, he is, he's a school teacher and he teaches about a hundred yards from our house where our kids go to school. So, I mean, let's just talk about it. Like the reality of, of having supportive partners is huge. And, um, you know, t- especially for two, fa- two working, two working parents in the household, like I really couldn't do it without that dynamic. Um, but I actually wrote down Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh my God. Are you talking because of the wine or are you talking because of the good food there? Because both no, are in just, my top, yeah, in my top categories. That's funny. No, it's not even like, it's just like I've learn to work it where I can actually like, this is a three course meal because my husband does not cook at all. <laughs> and I've like, I've made a legitimate three course, slightly healthy meal <laughs> out of the Trader Joe's freezer. So. And, and just to note, we, uh, Trader Joe's just came to Vermont, like the first one ever. Nice. So this is like a new thing for us. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, question number three, favorite play date for the kids. Christine, go ahead. Uh, favorite play date. Wow. With, with, I mean, they're all different. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> I don't know a, how to answer that. I don't know. Just like a cool, like cool play date that you've done with the kids. Uh, uh-huh. um, well, we all ski. And I think that as a family and something that I do with the kids is like number one. We, when we're out there, there's no electronics, there's no nothing but just 
speeding down the mountain and having fun. And they're at an age where they, they actually still like skiing with me, which is good. And I can still somewhat keep up, but, um, I'd say, yeah, that's the thing I enjoy most doing with them. And it's up top of mind now because we're starting to get snow. So nice. Very nice. Uh, Sasha, how about you? Favorite play date with the kids? We live really near the library, and it's and it, it sounds like high minded. It's really not, but I love just going there with the kids and um, taking our big book bag and just filling it with like I still love you know picture books. And um, my youngest is eight, and and they're really great readers. So and I love sort of um, picking out great books that we can read together. And it's a little walk, and it's and it's our together time, and it's that's my favorite, I guess, going to the library. Love it. Okay. <laughs> now, now the fourth question was going to be favorite way to spend your alone time. I think Christine, I got from you that it's waking up early. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha, what about you? Um, probably walking. Okay. Um, I love to walk, and I, you know, Christine and I have actually both been athletes in our lives, but. Um, it's funny, the walking thing is like meditative. It's also like a great time to catch up on podcasts, which I really Woo-hoo. enjoy. Yep. And um, I, I, you know, I read the Steve Jobs book and evidently he was a big walker. So if I can um, emulate or follow some of the <laughs> the success of, of what brought <laughs> Apple about, that, that made me feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who are more type A who do more extreme types of athletics. And I always say, you know, walking was good enough for Steve Jobs. I I walk fast. I love it. Um, Okay. Last question is what has been one of your favorite adventures? Christine, we'll start with you. Oh, wow. Okay. We, this past summer had the opportunity to go to Europe and I'd say that was a big adventure for our family. We spent two weeks starting in Spain, went to France uh, the Netherlands and ended up in Denmark and flew home from there. And just that whole discovering, um, new cultures and food and the whole travel piece. And again, where the boys are at age wise was perfect. And we did a lot of biking and, um, they were up for everything. So that I'd say that was a big family adventure. Awesome. Sasha, how about you? Um, I guess I, I've also, it would be travel like that, but one of the great things about working for the design studio is the opportunity to travel and then tap into that travel to do leisure or fun things as well. And there's been a number of times where I brought my husband and, um, I actually went to, uh, Scandinavia and we have a client in, um, Oslo and I invited my dad to come along (laughs) and then we had a little father daughter trip and we went to Stockholm and, and to be able to mix successfully business with pleasure, um, and share that with my family, I think, uh, have been some of the, the best times and, um, yeah, I couldn't think of a more specific one than that, but just the the travel, living in an isolated place like Burlington, Vermont, I think really would, I, I don't think I would have been able to stay here if it wasn't for the opportunity to travel to see our clients and, mm. and so on. Well, ladies, I really want to, you know, just take a second to thank you so much for being here for, you know, in two different places and mm. still being here on the phone with me and uh, for sharing your stories. And um, I, I, you are just doing such amazing things with Mamava, and I'm so excited to see where it keeps on growing to. So big congratulations to you, and thanks again for being here. Thank, Thank you. you, Katie. It was fun. 
once again, I just think that the most unique part of that entire conversation was what I'm calling the business within a business startup strategy that they had and how they created a great win-win with the company that they were working for already. Um, That is so out of the box and I love it. Hope you love that too. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. 